pardon my voice, you guys, but I have something very, very special for you today. I have kept my mother pretty much under lock and key in the Get It All Done Club because a lot of the things that we talk about are more intimate, they're more personal, they're biblically based to the extent that I don't just want, like gone are the days basically when I just want to bare my soul to the internet. And in the Get It All Done Clubhouse, we have an incredible community of women who are like-minded, who love the Lord, who understand my heart, who understand my mom's heart. And that is where we get very open and very nitty gritty on living out a just Christian womanhood in marriage, in our faith, in our child training, in our homemaking, and all those things. That said, we love you guys as our listeners. We love you so much. And we decided to give you something special today and give you part of this interview that we that my mother and I did in the Get It All Done Clubhouse. Again, if you join us in the club, which I would love to have you do, you can find this full interview in the clubhouse along with hours and hours of footage with my mom that's nowhere else on the internet. It's a really special opportunity and you do have lifetime access to the clubhouse. So you can watch it on your own time. You can review back to it years from now. Uh, I think you're going to love the clubhouse, not only for the interviews with my mother, but for the amazing community we have in there. It's a community that's off social media. And so there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women that are not having these conversations in this kind of way anywhere else online. So multiple times a day, we're getting in there, asking our questions, answering our questions, and it's just without all the distractions and ads and comparison game that social media offers. So that's a super awesome blessing that I have loved that we've added this year to the Get It All Done Club. But I also am wanting to make this really, you know, long, drawn out introduction to let you guys know about the club if you haven't joined yet, because the Get It All Done Club is going up in price in the fall. And so I wanted to give you this last opportunity. We've had nearly 2000 women go through the get it all done club. It just, it's really humbling to see the amount of homes that have been changed through coming up with systems for homemaking systems, for child training systems, for even our marriages. And I know that can sound a little dry, but it actually can make life so exciting. And I really am passionate about helping mothers develop ways to have the time and energy to actually enjoy motherhood and not feel like they're getting up every day, overwhelmed, discouraged, crashing into bed in the evening and having to get up and do the whole cycle again, because there's so much joy and there is so much excitement and fun and rewarding fulfillment to be found in motherhood. And that's something that I'm just passionate about working with you in your home to develop that for yourself and for your family. So know that the price is going up, know that you can access the rest of this interview in our get it all done clubhouse. I hope to see you over there, but in case I don't, we're going to give you this awesome interview anyways, because I want it as many people to be able to hear this as possible. Mother's words are just gold. She loves the Lord so much. And you're going to see that in this interview. If you guys enjoy it, give it a thumbs up. Also, because this is such a rare thing, if you would share this on your social medias, if you think that other mothers in your personal community would love to listen to it, I would love for as many people to be able to hear mama's wisdom as possible. She's the most incredible woman in my life. And I know that you will be blessed listening to it.
All right, you guys, so we're back. I have my tea here because, as you can tell, my voice is a little croaky, but the show must go on. Mama Nisi is in town, <laughs> and we need to capture her wisdom for you guys and for myself. And so I have the list of the 48 questions. We're going to go through a few more of them here. Last time we did like an hour and a half on one question, so yeah, we'll feel pretty good if we get through four. Uh Mommy, can you just, there's always someone new on here who maybe hasn't watched all your prior interviews we've done on YouTube or in the, in the Get It All Done Club. So could you kind of just introduce yourself and say a little bit about who you are? Okay. I'm Janice Johnson and I got married at 26 to the love of my life, Chad Johnson. And uh, we had 11 children. And had you told me I was going to have 11 children when we first got married, I would have laughed. I never dreamed of having a big family and being a mother, but God had different plans and I'm so glad that he knows what's best. And it has been an amazing journey. He's taught me so much and my marriage and my children have done so much to push me towards my relationship with the Lord. And it's just been an incredible adventure. And I'm a little, I've got children that range from 27 down to nine. We've got eight girls and three boys six grandchildren and one on the way. So we've got a full house. There's never a dull moment and life couldn't be better. So that's awesome. Yeah. Great in a nutshell. Yeah. So if you guys didn't pick up on that, I'm the oldest. Yes. And um, yeah, there's 10 underneath me yeah. age wise. So, okay, let's jump right in to these questions. Well, before we do, oh, I just want to okay. say I'm just so impressed with the big yellow chairs and the big microphones. Before in the past, we just sit in front of a window and she sticks her, her, you know, camera out there and we just go at it. And now I'm feeling like, wow, this is really intense. So pressure's on in the studio. I'm just going to try to be calm and be myself because, uh, anyway, this will be fun. I know it's all a little different, but we've done a lot of different things. We've done like lives on YouTube where we had like trolls saying crazy random stuff. Yes. Um, We've done, yeah, like in the candle barn or just on our bed in the apartment. The thing is, is yeah, the studio does take a little bit of getting used to, but Elisha, he got involved. (laughs) So when Elisha gets involved, we have all the camera angles and all the lights and everything. So, okay. So what are some things you intentionally did to build sibling unity and foster sibling relationships? Okay. Real quick. Just so you guys know, we're pulling these questions from, these are the questions you asked in the Get It All Done Club a few months ago. So that's what we're pulling from. Um, Okay. So what are some of those things that you did? Um, So first of all, you want to create a culture and an environment in your home that is upbeat, that is fun and joyful. Um, People are at their best when they're having fun. I I came into Katie's house today and she's got her kids on with vests and patches, okay? And they're earning patches for the things that they're doing. They're having fun and they are going to be at their best. Kids learn quicker and you tie heartstrings with one another when you're having fun. So um, in our house, when I had all the littles, we started school at nine o'clock and at about 11 o'clock we did recess. So whether that's um, jumping on the trampoline together, getting a game of kickball together, giving them soccer drills, watching videos on how to play volleyball, and then going out and practicing those skills together, skiing together, weeding together, reading together at night, um, you know, weeding out in the garden, putting in a garden, doing skits, just, you know, 
saying, reading a Bible verse, I mean, sorry, reading a story in the Bible, and then saying, hey, I want you guys to put together a skit. Anytime you're doing something where you're working towards an, a goal, you're going to be engaging with one another. And so that's going to encourage great memories and having fun. So um, they also sing together and played instruments and took sewing lessons and they did acro gymnastics at one point. So they had, you know, Katie was the top and she's relying on her base, who is Kyla. And, you know, your her life was on the line. And so they're creating these strong bonds. Um, they're still they can still do acro gymnastics from way back when. Katie, yeah, you need I mean to it's like, questionable, but <laughs> yeah. But the point is that you're doing it together and um Whenever you have an opportunity also to reaffirm your kids publicly. Um, so at breakfast time, when I'm kind of have the whiteboard out and we're talking through the day, I'll say something like, I just want to highlight Katie today because I noticed how she really went the extra mile in loving Cordy. She made her bed for her without her asking. And I just think we all ought to give her a round of applause. You know, we all clap for her or whatnot. But just anytime you have something, you want to be a gold digger. You want to find the good in people and the best in people. And you want to make it fun. And you want to get from being in a vicious cycle into a delicious cycle, as um, my husband likes to call it. It's really easy just to get, you know, correcting your kids all the time instead of on the other side of just like, Hey, I love the way you did this. Kids naturally like to please their parents. I -hmm. think deep down. Mm -hmm. And when kids are acting out, it's usually because they aren't a priority. They're bored. Mm -hmm. Um, and things aren't fun. So, um, so you want to try to get going on that. Um, a lot of times when if our kids are bickering with one another, it's a great opportunity, in my opinion, to take them aside and teach them about the Lord, you know? So um, John 10, 10 says, um, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So you just sit down with that child and say, you know what, let's have a little talk. I just want to kind of explain to you what's happening here you know, there's something bigger going on in our family than with the bickering or with being against each other. Satan wants you to do that. He wants you to be against each other. He wants to cause division. He wants children to be against their parents. He wants you guys to fight with each other. And we're just not going to tolerate that in our house because the Lord came that we might have life and then we might have abundantly. And so um, that's what I want in my house. And, um, I remember when, you know, one of my little girls came up to me and she just said, you know, her younger brother or her older brother was just, you know, mommy, we just don't have a good relationship. He just doesn't like to be with me. And, you know, and so we sat down and we talked about this and, and just, um, you know, I shared with her Luke six, uh, 27, love your enemies. It says, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. And so I said, right there in that verse, it tells us to do three things. So why don't you read that? Yeah, do good, bless them, and pray for them. So why don't we do that? 
So let's pray right now for your relationship with your sibling. And what are some things that you can do to bless him and to do good to him? And then follow up with that and say, how's it going? You know, and it was so fun because now you're building a relationship with your daughter. You're taking her to God's word, excuse me, which is what you want them to do about anything. Mm -hmm. I want Katie, you know, my children's relationship to, to be, I want them to be motivated from their relationship with the Lord, not because they're trying to, to please me necessarily. I want, eventually, this is what I want. I want them to live their life because they're motivated by the Lord and they want to please him. And so it's just these little opportunities. So instead of looking at them as such terrible things, um, Ted Tripp is the one that helped me to think this way, is to look at them as wonderful opportunities. And so you stop getting impatient and take the time to talk and have the conversation. So, um, you know, Romans 12, 21 says that we're supposed to overcome evil with good. And so it's a great opportunity for them to do that. So, um, I also, I know Katie, do you remember this? But I remember pulling you aside. I heard somebody speak, um, a sermon on, the first fruits and how Satan wants the first fruits of everything. You know how the Lord says, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things shall be added unto you. He wants the first of our day. He wants the first of our children because a lot of times as the oldest sibling goes, so go the other children. And I remember hearing this. uh, Do you remember the conversation that we had? And I had you listen to Oh yeah, there was a wasn't there like a CD yes. that I listened to an audio yes. on being the eldest child. Yes, yeah. Do you still have that? Or do I you know the, don't have that. Oh, that was good. And that I, was really. It made me think a lot. I really, really wished I could find that, and I probably could. I was at Christian Heritage Homeschool Conference, and there was a speaker there that spoke on that. And um, anyway, I had Katie listen to it and I said, Hey, I don't want to put an overwhelming amount of pressure on you, but at the same time, I want you to realize that your role, you were chosen for this position. God, your birth order was God's choice and his design and his sovereign plan. And you have such an amazing ability to influence all your brothers and sisters. And so, um, she took that to heart and I thought it was really sweet, but did you enjoy being the oldest? Yeah, no, that was something I was going to jump in on here because I feel like mama did such a good job of never making me feel the pressure of being the oldest child. I never felt pressure, which is something that is so rare. Uh, I've come to find in families that have, um, a lot of siblings after that oldest child. I mean, sometimes even in a family of two kids, the oldest child will feel pressure. And I never felt that, but I did feel very empowered as the oldest. And I felt very, um, I don't know, just like, like mommy and daddy were believing in me and just were like, this is a special role for you to play. And I felt very like honored for lack of a better word that God chose me to be the oldest in our family. And I just saw it as a really high calling. I don't think I lived up to that. I really don't like actually did as I'm thinking through all of my siblings (laughs) right now and just like, wow. But, um, they did a very good job. And I just, I felt like I had all the benefits of being the oldest without, uh, the negative things that I've heard from other oldest children. So I think that that was really cool. And you navigated that really well. Cause I think sometimes some parents will be like, okay, as the oldest goes, so goes 
so go the other mm-hmm. children. And so they kind of crack down super hard on mm-hmm. the oldest child. And as a result, that actually turns them away and mm-hmm. they lose their child's heart. Yes. And so mom and daddy were always very in tune with where each one of our hearts were. And they weren't looking for outward behavior. They weren't looking for performance. They were looking for an attitude, like mama said, that was motivated, actions that were motivated from our relationship with Christ individually. And so I think that, you know, even as you were going through all these things and talking about, you know, you taught us from scripture Mm -hmm. and that's because you had it in your own heart and you had it in your own mind. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us, you know, I feel like I'm actually in a season right now of teaching from scripture Mm-hmm. And it just gets through to the children because like yeah. God's word doesn't return void and it's not man's wisdom. It's God's wisdom. And you did that. But I went for a long time in my motherhood, just being so dry myself spiritually. I had nothing to go to that was, you know, I had stuff from like my childhood that I was assuming was biblically based because it's what my parents did. Uh, but it wasn't just like pouring out of me. And I just think the more that we can soak in God's word ourselves, Mm -hmm. the more our parenting is going to be impactful Mm -hmm. when it's stemming from God's word. Yes. And periodically, I remember intentionally checking in with you just to see how she was doing. Like, do you enjoy being the oldest? Because I wanted her to have an enthusiastic, yes, I love it. I wouldn't want to be in any other position because I didn't want her to feel that way. So I think it's really good um, to make a note to yourself to check in with your older kids and just make sure that they're feeling like, you know, a positive experience for that. Something that I think that we did in our family growing up and that I have done with my kids now is I ask, how many kids do you want to have when you grow up? And I don't care if, you know, the Lord might give them one, he might give them none, he might give them 10. I do not care. But it says something about their mindset. And when Leon says 10 kids or as many kids as in Papa Johnson and Mama Nisi's family, then I'm like, okay, that's good news. <laughs> he yeah. sees kids as a joy, as a blessing. He sees siblings as a joy, as a blessing. Or I'll ask, how many, how many babies do you want in our family? And um, I remember growing up, one of my sisters down the line said she wanted one child. Yes. During a season in her I life. Remember you remember that? that? Yes. And like all of us stopped at the table. Like it was like you could hear a pin drop and it was like Okay, apparently she needs some love. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz she was I just viewing children as as some like we were taking away that time and energy from her. Yes. And so anyways, I just think that that's kind of a way to get a subtle gauge on how how they're feeling. Yes. What's interesting is I asked that same daughter just recently, we were talking about kids and she was like, oh, I want a ton of kids. I said, remember when She's I asked you so great you with that? kids. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but I, back to um, having God's word in your heart. I just love Deuteronomy um, 6, 5, and 6. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thine might with all thine soul and with all thine might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children. So much of motherhood is leadership. It's got to be here before you can give it to your children. And then it goes on, and thou shalt um, talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. But um, I just love that, Katie, like you were saying. It's got to be in our hearts before we can pass it on to our children. Yeah, I think, okay, so I thought of, I was reading last night that book, Teaching from Rest, 
and you've read it, right? Yeah. So it's such a great book. And it's my first time reading through it, even though I've heard so much about it. And there was a famous quote in there, and I don't know what guy quoted it, but he said, it's not so much about stuffing facts into mind, into minds as it is igniting the fires. And he was, I mean, they were using that quote in terms of homeschooling, you know, it's not about how many facts we could stuff in our kids' brains, but actually getting them excited to learn. Mm -hmm. But I thought, I just, I think that that's how my parents parented, how mommy and daddy parented when it came to God's word. It wasn't like we are going to stuff these Bible facts in your head. We want you to say the right answers. We want you to do the right things. By the way they live their life, I wanted what mommy had. You know, I wanted the relationship she had with Christ. She genuinely was excited to get up and see him every morning. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that. And I just love how you pointed out in that verse, just having it be in your own heart. Mm -hmm. Because we so quickly jump to the rest of that verse or the rest of that passage, which is teaching our kids when we walk by the way, when we get up, when we go to bed, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think we could do that and try to do that and wonder why it's not really working. And I never even read the first part of that verse with it sticking out to like, Hey, no, have it in your own heart before you do any kind of teaching. Yeah. It's a prerequisite in that passage. It's so good. How powerful. Okay. Are we moving on? Sure. Or do you have something else? Nope. I think that's good. Because I love what you have. Okay. How, oh, how do you get a child to do his chores with a happy heart? Well, I think it's always important to start with the why. And, uh, my husband is a coach and he's always telling me, Janice, ask the kids questions. And so he has really helped me with this, but some of the questions you can ask your kids are who likes a clean house. Okay. Who wants more time with mommy? What would happen if I never did the laundry and let them come to their own conclusions? Well, things would really be bad. Things would start to stink. I would start to be mad. I would start to get embarrassed because I had to put on dirty clothes, you know, whatever. Um, and what does God have to say about work? And they're going to be like, I don't know. What does he have to say about work? And you can take them to Ecclesiastes 9.10. You know, whatsoever your hand finds to do it, do it with all your might. Colossians 3.23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So um, you can ask them, who is supposed to be your audience? Your audience should always be one person. Do your work as heartily as unto who? The Lord. The Lord. <laughs> That's right. He is who you want to please. And you want to give him your very best. And I appreciate it too. But ultimately, I want you to do your work as heartily as unto the Lord. And then um, and then, so you can ask them. It's always good, fun to ask the antithesis of, you know, instead of heartily, what's the opposite of heartily? Lazily. And you act it out, you know? So what's the opposite? Oh, I got to do my chores. It's such a drag. Do I really have to do it now? I mean, you can just like, and your kids will start to laugh as you act things out or whatever. But um, um, doing it half-heartedly is not heartily, is it? Just, you know. And so could you show me what heartily looks like? Have one of your kids come up and role play and have them like, you know, moving their body fast and having a smile on their face and doing it thoroughly, um, creating wow 
When you come in, am I feeling wow when I did your job? Like who did this? And you know, it's interesting because I can walk into a place and know what children are home. And if I see them the way that they cleaned, I'm like, I know who did this, you know, but I want that for all my children, you know? So, um, I'd ask them another question. If you were a boss, um, do you want to hire somebody who is like you? So do you want somebody that's just like, "Mm, we have to do that? Or do you want to say, yes, sir, I will do that. And I'm going to even deliver more than what you're asking for. If you want to jump, I always tell my kids, cream rises to the top. You, if you are cream and you're doing your very best, you will always be recognized. You will always be promoted because it is so rare these days. And that's the kind of children we want to develop our kids that are exceptional. We don't want run-of-the-mill average children, you know, that is your cultural teenage, you know, or younger. Cultural teenage nightmare. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So um, um, another question you can ask is, who do we work for? Oh, I already said that. And, and another thing I wanted to say is more is caught than taught. Mm. If I am sitting there whining about, oh, I have to make dinner tonight. Why is it always me? I'm sitting on the couch. Oh, our house is just a wreck. Why do I have to do this? The laundry. Can't you guys like, you know, if I just have this just nagging negative attitude, your kids are totally going to pick up on that. Well, that's what you do. And it's really scary because (laughs) a lot of kids times our children are the mirror of who we are Mm -hmm. and they are reflecting back what we are communicating to them. So, um, periodically when I'm doing the dishes, I intentionally say work is fun. Let's do this. Let's get it done fast. Have a reward at the end of the time so that they know that all day isn't going to be work because when you're just giving them project after project after project and it never stops, they can grow weary of that. So yeah, having clear, concise timeframes, like we're going to do this, we're going to bust it out, we're going to move on. Yes. Um, versus like these huge long projects. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. 